When you make decisions in your company, are those decisions the best possible thing or were you kind of guessing? Did you know that this is exactly what the customer needs, exactly what the market wants, or were you hoping or thinking that that was what they need? Brady Jensen came on the show. He's with Aggregate Insights and they do a ton of work into understanding the market and really, truly to a really deep level, knowing what the customers need. And a lot of times we don't. And I'll be honest with a lot of my companies, we think we do, but we don't fully get as deep as we need to. They do. And he shares how you can do that, what you can do to make sure you have an amazing pulse on your market so you can aim your product to them, you can aim the marketing to them, you can sync up sales with all that, and everybody's pushing the same way. Lots of great stuff in here. Check this out. Welcome to Scale Your SaaS, the podcast that gives you proven techniques and formulas for boosting your revenue and achieving your dream exit. Brought to you by a guy who's done just that multiple times. Here's your host, Matt Wallach. Hello and welcome to Scale Your SaaS. Really glad that you made it. Thank you very much. By the way, if this is your first time here, the goal of this show is to help you understand how to grow your company. So if you want to generate a bunch of leads, if you want to be able to close deals, if you want to scale your team and achieve an unbelievable valuation and exit, this is the show for you. Definitely make sure you subscribe. That subscribe button is going to get you all of the best leaders and experts within the industry, people who are going to share their experiences and what they know so you can scale your SaaS. And one of those experts is with us today. That's Brady Jensen. Brady, how you doing? Doing great. Thanks, Matt. Absolutely. So let me tell everybody who you are, Brady. So Brady is the founder and CEO of Aggregate Insights. He is committed to fostering collaboration between sales and marketing teams to drive business success and improve alignment with external market realities. He founded Aggregate Insights in 2018, a pioneering venture dedicated to bridging the gap between sales and marketing by enabling companies to validate assumptions through primary source research. The company helps their clients learn precisely what the buyers think, what makes or break a deal, and why customers needlessly churn, and then what you can do about it. All of these things are super important to us as we grow, and I'm so glad he's here to join us. So Brady, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So tell me, what have you been up to lately and what's coming up for you? Yeah, uh, right now we're uh, heavy into sales kickoff season. So our clients are software companies, and every year sort of does do the same dance between marketing and sales, putting together what's going to go out to the sales team as far as the pitch, the message, how they want to go to market. And we play a big part in that for those companies that want to get really clear about how they should be going to market in the context of what the buyer wants from them. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And it's something that I think not a lot of early stage companies think about enough is what do the buyers actually want? And what I have seen in my experience, you tell me if you feel the same, the most successful leaders are the ones who've really done their homework and had those conversations with their customers, with the market, and truly understand that buyer and, and what they need. Would you agree? A hundred percent. There's really no better way to de-risk an early stage startup than understanding intimately who your buyer is, what they care about, how they want to be sold to, how they buy the sorts of things that you're trying to sell. Uh, without it, you're you're just blindly walking around without a map that is available to you if you take the effort and uh, and do the work to, to do that. Yeah, I totally agree. So 
Aggregate Insights, you guys specialize in data analytics. How did the the whole idea for this company originate? What what came to you that said we need this? Yeah, so I um started the company in 2018 and this was after about a decade of time in software myself. I was first a seller, uh sold software pretty successfully, uh looked at the product marketing folks and thought that looks like a lot of fun as well and I wanted to uh, to try my hand at it. But what I had found is as a as a seller, there was always this lack of trust about what marketing was expecting us to do. Hmm. Um, everybody who had been around for a while, they'd, they had sold, they had their own way of doing things. And these same sort of conversations I was talking about with the sales kickoff, oftentimes were met with some skepticism. Sales would get in a, meet, in a room, um, marketing would unveil the pitch and say, here's how we're going to have you sell this year. We're going to even certify you on it, which he'll, you know, sales hates. Um, but, uh, but puts up with, um, and, uh, the salespeople all kind of look at each other, um, half hung over and, and say, well, how, that's just their opinion, right? Like, why should, why should I adopt a message that the marketing folks want me to? And I remember as a seller thinking, well, if I, am a seller and they're marketing, they know what they're doing. We probably don't see what's happening behind the scenes. Uh, they're probably doing all their homework. They're going to bring their receipts. They just don't show them to us. Right. Mm. And then I joined the marketing team and uh, was pretty dismayed to find out that every company I was a part of uh, pre IPO startups that went public early stage, you name it. Um, they weren't doing it. They literally were coming up with a pitch, a position, a message in a couple of hours in a conference room with some executives uh, without having any conversations with buyers, without understanding whether or not it even landed with the buyers. And I got frustrated with it. Um, I was part of some of these exercises where I just felt like we were doing a disservice to the sales folks by by getting up with such confidence to tell them how they were supposed to do things, knowing that they were going to be guinea pigs for a good three to six months while us in marketing would tell them, well, just, just go out and pitch it and come back and give us your the feedback. What did you hear from the market? Right? Well, that's a very expensive, uh, that's a very expensive experiment to have all these really high sale, high, high paid sales uh, members who should be out there selling um, confidently, helping you understand whether or not you and your opinions happen to be right this year or not. Yeah, I mean, it's super expensive, not only their time spent, but the opportunity lost in the fact that your sales team won't have any success because you didn't do that research. You didn't understand exactly what the buyer would need. And it's just... I mean, falling three months behind in software is is crazy. Like that's that's really hard. This industry goes very very fast, and you just can't do that. Yeah, well, you can't. And and the even scarier part is, if it's not working in Q one, then marketing goes back to the to the laboratory and comes up with another guess, right? And yeah, and you can waste a good year before you ever even find that you know what none of this is working. And then the executives get fired um, after they point fingers at each other and decide who's going to be on the chopping block when ultimately there is a single source of truth, the buyer, um, but nobody's really talking to them in this context. Sales, mm -hmm. 
sales is there to sell. Marketing should be talking to them. I, I was talking to a Fortune 500 CMO this week, um, practicing what we preach. I go out and we do the same type of stuff. We talk to our buyer all the time to understand. And uh, what she told me was she said, marketers are scared to talk to the customer, which all of a sudden dawned on me like it, it's what it, that is the problem. Almost every marketer has never been a salesperson. Very, very seldom do you get one that was a salesperson and was a successful salesperson before they became a marketer. Um, and it's this refuge for people who actually don't want to have those conversations. They're scared. So, mm-hmm. you know, my message to the to anyone who will listen is. Toughen up. Talk to the buyer. You're not going to do yourself any favors by hoping that you got it right when you have a chance to get it right the first time. Yeah, it's so true. Getting it right the first time is critically important. And how does Aggregate Insights help with that? Yeah, so we uh, do a variety of different uh, primary research um, components. So, you know, if you think about the consumer world, your 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 consumer brands are constantly talking to the buyer. They're surveying the buyer. They're having um, in-depth interviews with people. They're doing uh, focus groups on this side of the aisle, you know, B2B software that we spend our time in. The folks, they, they don't do any of this. So we start at a very beginning stage of saying, okay, who is your buyer? And we build personas that are not focused on, here's here's Sally and she's a soccer mom and she drives a, a Maserati. Who cares, right? What we care about is, uh, can we build a persona that helps people understand for my ICP, who is this person? How do I sell to them? How do I appeal to them? And it should be a document you can hand to sales and sales can run with and know exactly how they should appeal to this type of person. Uh, not hand it to marketing. Marketing can interpret it. They can figure out how to um, use it. Uh, it should be something that is enables sales right off the bat. So personas are built by having those direct conversations with the buyer to understand everything we possibly can about them across a bunch of different buyers so that we can start uh, we can start connecting the dots. Right. What is you? What is the same about all these buyers? Uh, there's no no way for you to appeal to every person in the room, but you can build a composite of the person and sell to that composite, and you're going to be a whole lot more successful than trying to read the tea leaves about exactly what each individual person in every sale sales cycle wants uh, wants and needs. And as a companion of that, we also do a lot of work around helping companies understand what their differentiators are. Um, in the marketing world that I come from and all the clients who come to us, differentiators are thought of as what are we good at? Which is a great start. It's a good place to to have to open up the conversation. But at the end of the day, I'm a great kite surfer. Nobody pays me to do it and they never will. Right. But I could I could slap that on a resume and it wouldn't sell. You have to put in front of buyers not what you're good at, but the intersection of what is unique about what you're doing doesn't mean that you're the only person doing it, but you should be doing it in a in a unique way. Hmm. Uh, what is durable, right? And in software, that's always a, a big question, right? Can they code this thing in 
three months and take away what I'm out there saying is what makes me unique? Or do I have a moat around me that allows some protection? Um, can I prove it right in a way that the buyer in my market will accept? Uh, and that's different for all types of markets. Uh, there are very technical markets where that proof needs to be airtight. There are some where uh, they may give you a, a little leeway. Those are all things that you can get in a room and have a conversation internally about. But ultimately, the final test is what does the what does the actual buyer value, right? So we go out with having done that exercise with with our clients to help take that and then say, okay, Mr. and Mrs. Buyer, what do you care about? What do you, uh, what do you place value in? And not only how do the things that we think you should care about and place value in uh, that we do, but also how does that compare to the market writ large, right? Like there are other players in the market and it's very simple to go find how, how people are trying to differentiate. Go to any SaaS website and you're going to see sort of three pillars and they're going to use that to, to anchor their value. And most of them are not taking this step. So you can go and actually find where can you steal, right? Where can you go and say, well, actually, that's our differentiator. All we got to do is make a little noise about it and prove that, that it's ours to, to have. So helping our customers get a stack rank of everything that a client, that everything a buyer cares about and where you can play the best um, comes into play and is super important. The last two things um, are uh, not necessarily on the front end, but it's uh, sort of in the mid funnel to, to the bottom of the funnel is uh, we do a lot of work around helping people understand market intelligence. So not just what does the buyer care about or what do they think, but what what's happening in the market? What are other people thinking about? What are the points of view of the other players in your market um, so that you can carve out a successful niche for yourself? Uh, and then we do a ton of win loss, um, which is uh, very simply having in-depth conversations with buyers who evaluated you and chose to buy or chose not to buy. Um, and they can give you a wealth of information about how you did not just in a sales cycle with your sales team, but what about the marketing appealed or didn't appeal to them? What about the product worked or didn't work for them? What would have made them ch change their decision for or against? Um, and having that sort of historical look back to say, here's what's happening in our market. Here's how decisions are being made allows us to then feed all of this stuff in and create this virtuous cycle where your personas are updated consistently, uh, your differentiations updated consistently. You understand your market in a holistic way that's just impossible to do if you're not having these conversations. We'll be right back. Scale Your SaaS is supported by ToroWave. Lots of software leaders I talk to are looking to scale their SaaS. And I keep hearing over and over about one major struggle, getting ghosted by buyers after the demo. How frustrating is it? When you have a great demo, you're feeling good, they like it, it seems like a done deal, and then crickets, nothing. You reach out, they're not responding to you at all. And when these software companies, they ask me to dive in, I notice that these sellers are following up the wrong way, or actually I should say with the wrong medium. What they're doing is they're hammering emails over and 
and over again. I got a newsflash for you. Email effectiveness is dwindling down and down every year. So why beat your head against the wall losing all kinds of business? Start texting, mix in texts along with emails and calls and watch your conversion rates go up. In fact, conversion rates go up by about 50% when you use texting as part of the follow-up. People are used to it. And did you know the response rate on texts is 98%, 98%. So why throw emails into a black hole knowing that they're never going to get returned? Text buyers and get results, but don't use your own phone. All kinds of security and compliance issues if you do. Also, none of that data is with your company. That's not good. Instead, use this system ToroWave. ToroWave is designed for sales. It makes texting with buyers super simple and fast, and it helps drive more deals. Deals that you've been losing until now. For being a listener, you get 50% off your first month of using ToroWave. 50% off. Just go to ToroWave.com slash scale. That's T-O-R-O-W-A-V-E.com slash scale. Get signed up and start winning more deals like Tracy, who closed $170,000 in three days after starting. Again, go to ToroWave.com slash scale. Catch up and win by texting with Toraway. And we're back. Yeah, and, and many aren't. It's unfortunate because, man, just the amount of depth that you just went in and explained that is so important. And I can tell you, many, many are not doing it. I'm sure you know that for sure. I mean, these these insights are are absolutely crucial. And my guess is, I'm sure with the clients you've worked with, once you have those, you have a serious competitive edge. Absolutely. Uh, we have clients who come to us and share that all of a sudden they're winning 50% more of their contested deals because wow. they're doing this. Um, or they've raised their win rate um, by 10 full percentage points by doing uh, this type of work. Incredible. And it's work that that can get put on the back burner if it's not if if you don't think about how important it is right mm. if if uh if you're thinking about it you're saying oh well we should always do do more research right this is not research this is not the sort of ivory tower exercise to sh- put on a shelf and think of as like uh MA work or something like that this is boots on the ground how am i going to tell the people who uh, who are working here how to behave what to build, it all feeds into you getting this massive competitive advantage because you're getting a holistic view where other people are getting a very myopic view of whatever internal assumptions and hypotheses are floating around. And one of the big challenges, especially for executives, is as the company grows, number one, you may have been the the founder who started this work, right? Mm-hmm. But now you're a people manager. Now you own a, a PNL. Now you got all this st- other stuff to do and it falls to the wayside mm-hmm. and no one picks it up. And uh, you think, oh, well, marketing's probably got it. Well, go check and make sure, <laughs> make sure that somebody's got it, whether it's a third party or it's in-house. It's a lot of work. Uh, it is. And it's, and it's, and it's tough to know how to make sure that it's prioritized, especially when the other more near term sort of quarterly results stuff creeps in and you got to get that one pager out or you got to build a new pitch deck. But you're, if you're doing it blindly like this, um, you can do more damage than good by making adjustments to how you go to market. 
I'm sure that's definitely not what needs to happen. And you talked earlier about sales and marketing and how a lot of times they're at odds. I come from the restaurant industry and in restaurants, you always have the cooks and the servers kind of at odds. You're really all on the same team, but just because of the the nature of each role, you start to question each other. For example, marketing thinks that the leads they're giving sales are being wasted. Sales isn't closing them. And sales says the leads aren't good enough and they're not able to close those types of leads. So how can organizations bridge that gap between sales and marketing to make sure that everybody's really working together? Yeah, from my perspective, it's it's really about a a clear and um, validated single source of truth that's actually that's actually sort of published internally for everyone to see, right? Like even this win loss stuff, which you may you may think, oh, we got to protect people uh, because there could be some really um, really damaging feedback towards one person or another. Like mm. the the best companies we work with are the ones that say, you know what, we're going to hold court. We're going to do it in a very appropriate manner. No one's going to get picked on, but we're going to look at where the warts are, right? Like the whole point of doing this is to say, we we think our baby's the cutest thing ever, but there is improvement to be made. And if we can't have an honest conversation about what the improvements are, you're 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 destined for this uh you're on the tracks towards this big showdown and i hear this all the time from from c-level uh marketers and revenue guys they're always saying i got 18 months and then one of the two of us is getting fired right <laughs> like if if we don't make improvements to what's going on even if they're doing p- uh, relatively well they're not on plan they're not doing well enough they're like one of the two of us is going to go and nobody knows what needs to be fixed. Mm. Um, and the and the the intellectually curious ones are the ones that tend to hire us. It could be a marketer, it could be a a, a revenue person, but ultimately they all benefit from having um, uh, having clear definitions and a clear and a clear sort of um, system of record, right, about what the market is and is not. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. And I've seen those types of scenarios you just described for sure. So what advice would you have for software leaders who are kind of just starting out and need to make sure that they do things the right way? Well, to me, uh, it's doing this stuff from the start, right? I think what I have seen a lot of is companies who are early stage, they get to the point where they're like, we need to raise VC money. And they will, and they will start to do this, but they don't do it from the start. Start right. If you're if you're bootstrapped, or whether or not you've you know coming out the gate with uh, with uh, VC funding, starting from the beginning allows you to have historical context about what your market is and how it changes over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the biggest thing to me is as you get success, which you will if you if you follow this and you make the effort. Um, you're going to see success as soon as you get to the point where you're no longer doing it as the executive, make sure it goes somewhere, make sure it continues on because it's going to get lost in the shuffle. A lot of companies will hire a product marketer, maybe around the 250 person mark, maybe 200. um, And they become the first one that everyone thinks is continuing to do this. Well, there's a big difference between 15 person startup and a 200 person startup. And in that middle gap, nobody's doing it. Mm -hmm. And then the product marketers, 
it's not it's not their fault. A product marketer is oftentimes given 60 jobs and the and the only way that they can do their job is to decide what they're not going to do on the mm-hmm. list. True. And this tends to get tri- deprioritized because it feels like a long-term effort. I'm telling you it's not, right? One good quarter of win loss can turn around and go to market. So it's not something where you have to say, well, this will change our business in five years. It can change your business in a quarter um, if you let it. But somebody's got to continually uh, keep the keep the flame alive um, from the start all the way through IPO or wherever the company ends up going. Um, otherwise, you're going to find that somebody drops it and you end up one degree off every year for five, six years. And next thing you know, you're in the wilderness and you have no idea what the market even looks like. Mm, that's scary. Yeah, it's uh, it's something definitely everybody needs to take heart of because it's you, you definitely don't want that to happen. Brady, this has been awesome. Really appreciate you coming in and sharing all this insight and making sure everybody has a really strong understanding of this. How can our audience learn more about you and Aggregate Insights? Yeah, so you can uh, reach us at aggregateinsights.com. That's A-G-G-R-E-G-A-T-E insights.com forward slash podcast. And uh, or you can reach me directly if uh, anybody would like some more information. I am an open book when it comes to how to do this stuff. The truth of the matter is we uh, get clients because we're doing it day in and day out. We're experts in it but also because it's really hard. So uh, a lot of folks will look to us to help supplement uh, um, rather than trying to accomplish this stuff internally, especially since having that arm's length uh, relationship sometimes will allow people to be even more frank with us than they could be with internal folks. But because of that, I'm an open book about how to do it. I'm more than happy to share. uh, And you can reach me at B Jensen, J-E-N-S-E-N at Aggregate Insights as well. Okay, perfect. We'll put all that into the show notes. So if you're listening and need that, go ahead and grab it right there. Brady, this has been fantastic. Thanks so much for coming in and sharing all this with us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And everybody out there, thanks for being here. Remember, make sure you're subscribed to the show so you do not miss any other amazing leaders and experts like Brady coming in and sharing all of their best expertise. You're going to love what we have coming up for you. So thank you very much for listening. Hope you got a lot out of it. And we'll see you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to Scale Your SaaS. For more help on finding great leads and closing more deals, go to mattwallach.com.